All right, well, I'm excited to be here tonight continuing this series on God questions. If you've been here uh, before, you know that basically the premise of this is when God comes up and asks a question, he's not trying to find out some information. He's more trying to give some information. Uh, And if you were here the first week, we had Pastor Daniel, and he talked on the story of Adam and Eve, and it was, who told you you were naked? Uh, A very interesting question for for God to ask, and then Pastor Joshua taught on, why are you afraid? And then he followed up the next week with, is it right for you to be angry? And then last week, it was, who touched me? And then this week, what I'm excited about is I'm, I want to talk to you about when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And he didn't ask it one time, but he asked it three times. But before I get into that, I'm sure some of us can relate to this, finding ourselves in a place where it's easy to feel like you're not qualified. This week for me, uh, it's been an interesting week just kind of going through some things, and it's been easy for me to attach on to thoughts of unqualified. And, and I'm sure many of us can relate to that, whether it's I can't do my job because of my faults. I can't do my ministry because of sins that are in my past. I can't speak a message because of my lack of skill. I can't raise kids because I have no idea what I'm doing. But, but one thing that's true is it's easy at times to feel like we can't do what God is calling us to do. And today I think through, through this message what I want to talk to you about is maybe how, how, how Peter felt that way when, he asked, when Jesus asked him, do you love me? So let's, let's get into this. John chapter 21 starting in verse 15 says this. When they had finished eating, this is Jesus and Peter, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he replied, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus answered, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And then it's interesting what it says right here. It says, Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Let's go ahead and pray as we get into this, if you'd bow your heads. Father, we just thank you for an opportunity to get into your word. Jesus, we ask you to speak to us, speak to our hearts. Father, we ask you to search us and know us and point out anything that you need to in us. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes when I read this story, I kind of put it in the context of having young kids. My wife and I, my wife Rachel's, uh, she's serving in the youth tonight. But we have three, uh, four young kids. I almost said three. We have one, that's seven, I'll say that. We have, a, we have a seven-year-old, we have a five-year-old, we have a two-year-old, and we have a nine-month-old. And my five-year-old and my seven-year-old will do this. They'll come and say, Dad, can I fill in the blank, like, watch a movie. Dad, can I watch a movie? And they will repeatedly ask it, 
every two minutes over and over and over again. And sometimes I, I kind of put the context of that into this story. Like Jesus is kind of almost getting on Peter's nervous, seems like saying, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Simon, do you love me? If you don't know, Simon and Peter are the same person. But it's kind of like that concept of, uh, that concept of, Dad, can I? Can I? So the question is this, though. What is Jesus trying to give to Peter in this moment? And I think in order to understand it, I think we've got to give some backstory to this. So I'm not going to read through it, but starting in Matthew chapter 26, we've got this story where Jesus is with his disciples. He's spending time with his disciples. He's eating with his disciples. This is just before he goes to the cross. And, and what happens is as they're getting to, done with their meal, Jesus looks at Peter and he announces, you are going to deny me three times. And Peter says, no, Lord, I won't do it. Because Peter's trying to like build himself up and say, no, Lord, I won't do it. So Peter, Peter's told that he's going to deny him three times. And as the story goes, when Jesus is kind of in trial, uh, when Jesus is in trial, Peter gets asked, and said, hey, are you with Jesus? And three times Jesus says, I, I'm not with him. I'm not with him. The last time he says, I don't know the man. So three times Peter denies Jesus, and then, uh, and then the crucifixion happens. And this individual that, that Peter had put all of his faith in, this individual that Peter had been following, this individual that Peter left his entire life for, because Peter was a fisherman, he left everything, he left his bow and his nets at the side of the water, and he followed Jesus. This man that Peter had given up everything for, he denied three times, and then he watched him go through this, this uh, unbelievable torture and then get put up on a cross and die. And then as you follow this story out, uh, what, what we can begin to see is inside Peter's head, there's this thought of, there's no way that I'm able to do what God has called me to do. So Peter does the only thing natural, and he goes back to his life that he knew before. He said, well, I'm going to go back to the only thing that I know I can do well, and that's fish. So if you're taking notes, my first point tonight is the enemy wants us to determine our future by looking in our past. The enemy wants our past to determine our future. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys have ever tried this uh, rearview mirror in a car. Um, have you ever tried to drive forward in your car looking behind you? This is, what, this is what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to stare into the mirror of that, that's, that sees into our past, and he wants us to focus on the things that are behind us and have that determine what's going to happen in front of us. The devil wants us to be so worried about the things that are in our past that he gets us distracted so that we can't take on the things that are in our future. But Philippians 3.14, sorry, 3.13 and 14 says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Uh, the person speaking here is Paul. This is a quote that Paul did. He said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Paul's right there. If you know Paul at this time, if there's anyone that can be like, he's got it going on, it's probably Paul. But he says, I don't consider myself to have yet have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. He 
This is what Paul's saying. He's like, I'm not going to reference the mirror that looks into my past to determine what my future is going to look like. Can I be honest with you? When I read this verse, most of the time I tend to think about the bad things that are in the past, right? Paul doesn't say, I'm not going to let the the bad things that are in the past determine my future. Paul says, I'm going to forget everything. It's kind of like taking the mirror and ripping it off and like throwing it out the out the uh, the window while you're going down the road. He's like, I'm not gonna let what's in the pa- in my past dictate what's gonna happen in my future. So he continues and he goes on. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. You can kind of take this two ways with Paul. Paul had some awesome accomplishments in his past, but he also had some really horrible things in his past. He was, he was, uh, he was at the stoning of, of a follower of Jesus. In Acts chapter 7, verse, starting in verse 55, it says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at, sorry, and Jesus standing at the right hand, Look, he said, I see heaven open to the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they covered their ears and eyes, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. And then look at this last sentence. It says, meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. This is Paul. See, if, if Paul's being honest and he looks in his, in his mirror and he's looking in his past, he could see some good things, but he could see some really horrible things that the enemy could try to use to disqualify him. The enemy could really easily be like, hey, listen, you wanted to stop and kill all of the people who believed in Jesus. And if Paul sat there and focused here, he would have determined that he can't do what God has called him to do. But Paul determined, and I think what we have to determine is we're not going to let our past determine our future. He had to let it go. So if we go back to Peter, Peter most likely was looking in the mirror of his life, and he was seeing what was behind, and he was feeling pretty unusable at this moment. John chapter 21, 1 through 3, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples were together. I'm going out fishing, Peter said. Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When Peter denied Jesus... And Jesus was crucified. The first thing he did is go back to the last thing that he was successful at. He said, I'm going back to fishing. I'm, I'm looking in the rearview mirror. And when I look in the rearview mirror, I see so many bad things where that just happened. Where I denied the one person that I shouldn't have denied, the one true person in my life. He looked back and he said, I'm going to let that determine my future. So he chose to go back to fishing. He chose to go back. There's another question, actually, I think that's really important that you have to understand that Jesus asked Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. It says this. But what about you, he asked, 
Who do you say I am? So this is Jesus asking Peter, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. Listen to what Jesus says about Peter. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So we got to understand what's going on inside Peter's head right here when this all happened. When Jesus looked at him and said, you are Peter, because he had been referred to as Simon, you are, Simon, you are Peter, and he said, on this rock I'll build my church. Essentially what Jesus was doing with asking this question in this conversation is Jesus was calling Peter into a new segment. Basically, Jesus was saying, Peter, you're going to be the one that pushes forth my church when, I, when I'm gone. You're going to be the one that pushes, for, pushes forward my church. So Peter has this new identity, this I'm going to be the one that's leading the church when this happens. And, and, and then all of a sudden, Jesus says to him, you're going to deny me three times. This situation happens with the crucifixion, him denying, and then Jesus, uh, then Jesus being gone. And Peter is left, and all he has to do is dwell on the thoughts of, I just denied the person who was everything to me. So he goes back, and he goes to fishing. You can imagine what's going on in his head. But this is what we got to realize. If you're taking notes, point number two is this. God wants to bring restoration. God wanted to bring restoration to Peter, and God wants to bring restoration to us. God wants to bring full healing. So he asked Peter the same number of times that he denied him. So three times was the denial, three times. So what's happening is Jesus doesn't want to go surface deep. Jesus wants to go all the way. So one time, Simon Peter, do you love me? Peter replies, yeah, I love you. Kind of like blows it off. Yeah, Jesus, I love you. Second time, Simon Peter, do you love me? And I can imagine, like, what's going on in, in Peter's head right here. And, and he says, yes, Lord. Yes, I love you. And then did you notice the third time Jesus said, Simon Peter, do you love me? Did you notice what Peter said? If you could put that last part of that, that first verse back up. He said, Lord, you know all things. Lord, you know all things. What's Peter doing right here? Peter's saying, Jesus, you don't, you don't have to ask. You already know how much I love you. If Peter loved Jesus so much, how did he deny him three times? And if he did deny him three times, how much did that affect Peter in his life? We can relate, right? We go through things, we have situations happen, and we get, we get paralyzed in it. And we can't move forward. You can imagine Peter right here, he's stuck. 
Peter has this thought of, okay, Jesus knows all things, and Jesus declared that, that I'm going to be uh, instrumental in leading the church. Yet Jesus knows that I denied him three times. And now he's coming up to me, and they're on the shore. He's coming up, and Jesus is asking him, do you love me? And finally, that third time, it's almost like Peter breaks apart and says, Jesus, you know all things. You know how much I love you. It kind of makes me wonder what would happen if Jesus would have only asked it one time. If Jesus would have been like, Peter, do you love me? And Peter would have been like, yeah, Lord, I love you. And then they went on. What, would Peter have been fully restored in himself? Because the biggest person hindering Peter from doing the ministry at this point was who? It was himself. He was holding himself back. And God wanted to bring restoration so much that it would bring Peter restoring himself. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it talks about, and it says, For all who believe in Christ, or all who are in Christ, is, are a new creation. For anyone in Christ is a new creation. This idea of a new creation, it's not, Jesus isn't restoring Peter to what he was like before. Jesus is bringing Peter in to be a whole new thing. He's saying, Peter, I've got something new for you, and now we can get past this. Now that you realize your future is not determined by your past, now we can go forward. Because Peter was stuck. Peter was stuck. But the next mention, the me- next major mention of Peter, listen to, listen to what Peter does the next major time he's mentioned in Scripture. Acts 2.14 Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised their voices, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And he goes on and he begins to, uh, uh, to reveal the entire story of Jesus from when Jesus came to what had just happened with Jesus and now the church beginning and the Holy Spirit coming. But what would have happened if Peter would have stayed on the boat fishing because he was so convinced looking in the mirror? What would have happened if he would have stayed on the bo- in the boat fishing? He would have been stuck. He could have lived a successful life fishing for the rest of his days. He could have. But Jesus wanted to bring restoration to him. Jesus wasn't asking him a question to get an answer. He was asking a question to bring him healing. How many times we can feel the same way? We make a mistake. We blow it. We fall short. At our job, we don't meet the quota that we're supposed to meet. We say something that, that's taken way out of context. We yell at somebody because something else is going on. And how easy it is for us to try to drive the life of our car looking in our rearview rear mirror. 
Can I give you some encouragement? Don't look in your rearview mirror. Don't look in your past to try to figure out what your future is going to be like. Passionately chase after Jesus and let him lead you where you want to go. If you're taking noits, (laughs) my mouth just doesn't seem to be working. Here, let's try this. If you're taking notes, point number three is this. I'm still in it. I'm still in it. The only thing that's going to disqualify you is when you allow, or I should say this, the only thing that's going to disqualify you is when you don't allow Jesus to heal things that are in your past. The, the, the main difference between people being successful and people failing at something is choosing to quit when you have Jesus on your side. If you have Jesus on your side, keep pushing through. Keep going. What qualifies us is not our own ability, but it's his ability in us. I love the way I heard Pastor Dwayne say this one time. He said it this way. He said, God doesn't call the qualified. Instead, God qualifies the called. Peter was sitting there in the boat, fishing, brokenhearted over the fact that he just denied Jesus three times to people. He could have sat there, but he chose He chose to let Jesus speak into his life. We need to choose to let Jesus speak into ours. We need to choose to let go of the mirror so that our past doesn't determine our future. Can you do me a favor and can you close your eyes? I wanted to take a few moments before we wrap up tonight. And just allow Jesus in the quiet, allow Jesus to speak into our lives. Maybe there's some people here that Jesus needs to ask you the question, do you love me? We're just going to rest in a, in a moment here. The truth is we all fall short of what Jesus has for us. But in moments of our shortcoming, 
is where we run to the feet of Jesus. And we say, I need you more than anything right now. So with every everyone's eyes closed, we're not going to ask for details or anything. But if there's, if you're in here and you would say, I need Jesus to just wash some things out of my past. I need to stop letting things that are in my past determine my future. If that's you, can you just raise up your hand right now? Yep, hands going up. Father, right now I pray for every person that has their hand up. Jesus, if I'm honest right now, I'm keeping my hand up too. Father, we ask you to to help us let go of the things that are in our past. Father, if we need to take the mirror that we've been looking in and we need to, to break it or throw it away, right now, Jesus, we choose to do that. We choose to grab hold of not what who we think we are, but we choose to grab hold of who you say you are, or you say we are. We grab hold of that right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. I feel it pressed on my heart. There's a, it's kind of been on my heart all night. In Psalms 139, the last few verses is a prayer, and it says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And if there's anything in me that offends you, let me know and then lead me on the path of everlasting life. It's a bold prayer to ask God to search you. But it's also a powerful thing to have the intimacy with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus, and say, just like Peter said, Jesus, you know all things. So lay it, I'm going to lay myself down. I'm going to lay myself down so that I can follow you with everything that I have. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes one more time because I feel like I need to open up an opportunity that if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's the day when you choose that. So I'm just gonna count to three and if you'd say, I don't have Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, I'm gonna count to three and if if that's you and today you wanna make that decision to surrender everything to him, to have, have him wash you clean, When I count to three, if that's you, just raise up your hand. One, two, three, raise up your hand right now if that's you. Amen, amen. If you would, I'm gonna have everyone in here repeat after me whether you raise your hand or you didn't. Say, Jesus, today I choose you. I choose to give you everything that I am, my past and my future. I ask you, to forgive me of the mistakes that I've made. 
Wash me clean and tell me who I am in you. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.